from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. All right, folks, it is Vegas Sportsbook Radio, and we are ready to rock and roll on the college football front, getting ready for a big Saturday in college football, and we've got you covered today, two of the absolute very best. We've got Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com. Mark Lawrence is going to check in as well from PlaybookSports.com. No time to waste. A lot of games, and we want to get Kenny's opinion. Hello, Kenny. How you doing, bud? Hey, Brian, doing great. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, football is back, and it's uh, so much fun. Um, I'm looking forward to the middle of the week this past week. I was like, Tuesday, Wednesday, where's the games? How come there's no games on? I can't wait till we get games on every day of the week. That is coming, right? We get those MAC games and Sunbelt games. We get those weeknight standalone games. We talk about that during the summer months. Get to know the MAC and the Sunbelt because, believe me, these are teams people are going to watch and want to play on. Yeah, and then they're so much fun. Usually they're very high-scoring football games, and uh, you get to see some really good quarterbacks. The Mac, Mac is, the Mac is loaded with good quarterbacks this year. All right, let's go. Let's dive into some of these big games, Kenny, and why don't we just dive right in um, as we get going. Noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. For us, it's breakfast football, and you love to get it off to a fast start. How about Notre Dame at Wisconsin? Wisconsin, six, six-and-a-half-point favorites. Total on the game is 46. Notre Dame, Kenny, with the Houdini Act in the first two weeks against Florida State and Toledo. Uh, they've been finding a way. It's not been pretty, but the bottom line is they posted W's and Wisconsin trying to bounce back from the loss to Penn State. Yeah, you know, I give them a pass. The, the, the first one was the Bobby Bowden Bowl, and Florida State was fired up and really came with a lot of energy. And then Mackenzie Milton comes off the bench, and that brings that team more energy to see this guy that was out for two years with a broken leg. Uh, come back and make his appearance and tie the game and Notre Dame does pull it out and then I, I think that that emotion of that game and overtime win on the road uh, had them let down and, and they thought well Toledo's easy we'll beat Toledo we got a 20-some game winning streak at home we're going to win just walking out of the field well that doesn't happen Toledo took him to the wire should have won the game and Notre Dame pulls it out last week versus Purdue I saw their best effort uh, Marcus Freeman, the new, new defensive coordinator, looks like he's kind of settled in now. He came from Cincinnati under Luke Fickle. I think he's going to do a tremendous job with this defense, and it just took some time to really gel and come together and figure out the process. So I've got them ranked uh, 21st best defense in the country. Their offense, number eight. Wisconsin, number seven on offense, 16 on defense. Very evenly matched teams. And, Brian, these two were supposed to play last year in Lambeau. That was Wisconsin's home game. It was canceled because of COVID. It has been rescheduled for 2025. This year, the game in Chicago is Notre Dame's home game. There'll be more than 70% Notre Dame fans in the stands. No one's giving them any credit for this. They're all handicapping it as a neutral field. I like Notre Dame plus the points. You know, the bottom line is, Kenny, just listening to you talk, and it's what we've said for good no God knows how many years now. Notre Dame and the AP, they're down to number 12. And there are other teams that have to come up because – that they've been winning and again the preseason polls can get skewed but you just you know kind of spoke out the definition of what an odds makers poll would be in that there are intangibles and things you took into account with Notre Dame that did not impact their rating and hey last week I know you thought Florida and you were out there saying Florida is going to give Alabama all they can handle even though Florida comes up just short you know Florida's a team that should go up in, in the belief and the respect and the rankings in that defeat. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, they play. They played a better game than I thought uh, they would play. I thought it would be a double-digit win, and then you start to crunch the numbers. And Florida was right there. And falling behind twenty-one to three is very impressive to be able to battle back. And yeah, I, uh, Notre Dame's or Notre Dame's Alabama's rating dropped for that game, and Al- and Florida's went up. Oh, it's really interesting stuff. All right, how about West Virginia and Oklahoma? With the Sooners a 17-point favorite, and the total on the game is 56 or 56 and a half. Not a pretty game. Win, get out of Dodge. But Oklahoma, everybody's like, oh, boy, they were life and death to beat Nebraska. Now they're laying a big number against West Virginia. Again, one week to the next, you know, the rhythms and the mindset of these kids. What do you make of the Sooners coming off a big game with Nebraska? Yeah, you know, I've, I've said uh, many times, this is the year of the upset. And with so many super seniors on college football teams, you have to watch out because uh, this is uh, any given Saturday now. Somebody can beat somebody very easily. And there's going to be a lot of upsets. There's going to be a lot of close games and close calls. Oklahoma took Tulane lightly. Big mistake. Willie Fritz is one of the best coaches in college football, and he's really turned that Tulane program around. Uh, he's a great offensive mind. And Oklahoma – was very surprised. They were shocked how good Tulane was. And uh, But you know what? For a portion of that game, I'm going to say 20 minutes, Oklahoma stepped on their neck, three and out, three and out, three and out, and Oklahoma scored all three times and put the game out of hand. But did they? No, they let up again, and Tulane got back in it and cut that game to five at the end. Uh, and then this past week, Notre, Nebraska's a good football team. They really are. They do have good talent. Scott Frost is a very smart coach. There's problems there inside his organization because of his personal problems. But they, they, brought, the, they brought everything against Oklahoma. Um, and I think that scare will at least get uh, uh, the Oklahoma team fired up for this week. I think they're far better. Nebraska's better than West Virginia is. West Virginia's offense, I got ranked 98th in the country. Their head coach, Neil Brown, in his third year from Troy, he's going to be good. He's 0-6 straight up for his top 25 and 2-4 and ATS. I like Oklahoma to win big here. Kenny White off to the races. KennyWhiteSports.com joining us on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. we got more games to ask Kenny about. We're glad you're with us. We love talking college football. Kenny will be on board our NFL show as well. It's a big weekend for Vegas Sportsbook Radio right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network and on Sirius Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing on SportsGrid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Back with you, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing with Kenny White from KennyWhiteSports.com. We're talking college football with you, Sirius 204, the SportsGrid Radio Network. Out of the gate, Kenny. Keep telling folks, the power rating magazines for college and the NFL, yeah, it's a great preseason magazine, but it's a great in-season magazine. And I know the website, you get the newsletter and all kinds of cool things, Crank. And go ahead, tell the folks about all your goodies. Yeah, thanks, Brian. The, the uh, magazine, yes, it's good all year long because 
you've got individual player power ratings. And when a starting quarterback gets hurt uh, or a, or a big time starter gets hurt, you see how many points their value is over the average college player. And then you find out what their backups worth. You take that off, off the uh, power ratings. Um, and you can use the, use the magazine along with the website at the power to get the updated projected power ratings, updated projected wins for each team, the final scores for every game that hasn't been played yet, the final scores for the games this week because you're betting them. You want to go in and dissect these games. You find out what, what the power ratings say the number should be and then what the betting line actually is. So a lot of good information. The newsletter is out. We've got great articles from yourself, uh, Stephen Nover, uh, Steve Carp, Micah Roberts, Greg Sidoris, great staff of knowledgeable people in this industry. And it's a, another wealth of information for you to bet the games this weekend. Hey, Kenny White, just, uh, just let me ask you a very generic question. And it's a simplistic thing, but I think you can expand on it a little bit. We do this previews in the summer with Mark Lawrence. We do the conference previews. We did a lot with you as well. One of the things Mark's really cool and good at is he'll identify teams with his database that, fall off the cliff, you know, after week seven or teams that are really good in the final four games of the year. And any coach says we, we're trying to get better each and every week. And I know you're doing this on a weekly basis, but from a power rating perspective, when you is there something that's kind of a tipping point where you say they get it now, that this is what the coach was trying to implement after a certain time? And I know you're making adjustments, but you say, oh, wow, yeah, this team is now the real McCoy. I see it now. Yeah, it, it definitely uh, happens. Um, I'm hoping this week it's uh, NC State and they come up with that kind of performance or it's a North Carolina that that offense took off or it's, you're right, a, a, a lower-ranked team that people don't know about that, you know, really starts to put it together. So it, it, it uh, great coaches do that, um, and you'll see it all the time that their teams just continue to get better week in and week out. Obviously, there's going to be a, a road bump, a hiccup here or there. You're up against somebody that you don't match up well against, or they're just that much more talented than you are, and you have that bad game, but great coaches bounce back. All right. To your credit, and I, 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 listen, a few years ago, our buddy Bruce Marshall said, watch out for Mississippi State. These guys, like, people are like, what? In Mississippi, they got up to number one at one point before they floundered. To your credit, this year you had an incredible rating on NC State, and they stubbed their toe against Mississippi State. But this is a team I know you believe in. Clemson, their offense has been really suspect. It's really kind of odd to see Clemson struggle offensively. Is this a game NC State you know, really had circled here, and do they have something for these guys? Yes, I think they do. Um... You know, Clemson's offense has struggled. I didn't think it would struggle like this. DJU uh, was very good last year as a freshman, um, thrown into a spot when Trevor Lawrence was injured. But the one thing you don't think about is you lose two NFL wide receivers and, and one of the best running backs in the entire country in Travis Etienne. Three stud superstars around you that helped make that job easier last year. Now you step on the field and you don't have those three guys anymore. Now you're trying to figure out who those three guys are, who are those superstars going to be? So they, they haven't, Clemson hasn't figured it out. There's talent there. There's talent to have three more NFL guys and they will figure it out. Last week, they're held to 14 points by the, my 40th ranked defense in the country, Georgia tech. This week they play on the road at my seventh best defense in the country, NC state. It's going to be a hard hitting tough battle. I think NC state is in this for the long run. It's a correlated parlay. If you're going to think it's, it's a low-scoring game and you like it under, 
NC State's got a shot to hang around here. So I, I took 10 with NC State and under 47, 10 and a half and under 47 uh, in a correlated parlay. He just out of curiosity, I mean, it's hard to poke holes with these guys. They make a gazillion bucks and deservedly so. You think what Swinney has done with Clemson, we know what Saban does. He reloads every year. And Ohio State's kind of in the same discussion, Kenny. But Ohio State's having kind of one of those years struggling. You know, they, they had the struggle with Minnesota. They lose to Oregon. Clemson couldn't put points on the board. But their defense played great against Georgia. But the offense, through several weeks, really struggling. You know, we know they're, they're great recruiters. What about Swinney and Day that – it's interesting to see these guys struggle because usually they've got the plethora of riches. They're earning their dough this year. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, they are. Um, it just hasn't been plug and play like it has been. And uh, there's great. these guys are great coaches. So uh, this team will be firing on all cylinders. And I had them number one ranked team in the country to start the year. So I would love to see them win the national championship, obviously, because it's a great plug for me. So I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them to lose within one to 10 points or to win by one to 10 points on Saturday. And then I am hoping to boat race everybody. And you know what, if they're going to lose a game, it better be to North Carolina in the championship game of the ACC. All right. How about LSU and Mississippi state? And both of these teams had their little, stumbling blocks LSU against UCLA and Mississippi State loses 31-29 at Memphis do you believe after the big win against NC State was that the perfect sandwich game kind of thing happening there Kenny and all of a sudden it was Mississippi State looking ahead to conference play oh no doubt uh Mike Leach's teams really don't let up a lot because he is a very good coach, but the, that's a rivalry for Memphis because they're so close in proximity. So uh, the Memphis program is, is, is a program that's really on the rise, and that's an offense that can put points on the board. They put 55 at Arkansas State. Uh, their quarterback's outstanding. Uh, Sam Hennigan is, is now a guy that's going to get a shot uh, to uh, really show what he has. He's been great since he's been to the starting lineup. Grant Gunnell, a transfer from Arizona, was going to be their quarterback. He has been injured and not been able to play. I thought it was going to be about a four-point drop-off, but Seth Hennigan has, has proved me wrong that he's far better than that in this Memphis offense roles. This is Ryan Silverfield, who has not had a lot of experience being a head coach. Uh, last year was his first year. His team went eight and eight and four. I, I like what I'm seeing, especially offensively uh, from the Memphis team. So this week, uh, this is the, the, the revenge game of the year from last year. LSU lost 44-34 at home, first game of the year. And uh, I really thought, man, I'm betting LSU this week because that revenge factor has got to be big. Well, the books, I think, made a great adjustment and made LSU a slight favorite on the road. I don't know if they're that much better than Mississippi State, but I do know one thing. There will be a lot of footballs in the air. The, the, the uh, um, play-by-play guy and the color guy will be there for over four hours uh, calling this game. <laughs> We've done a few of those together <laughs> when you get two passing teams. Hey, let me ask you, here it is, our first chance, something we kind of just threw out there and started to look at. It was fun while we were actually doing the show together, and that's teams that play Alabama the following week that maybe they get beat up a little bit and maybe you fade these guys the next week. Well, this would be just an obvious one now that Florida – the great effort come up just short against Alabama and people would say, Oh, that's a letdown spot. But our thing was Alabama beats teams up. Now Florida went and played hard with them, but this will be the, the first one this year, Kenny, where we're paying attention to teams that played 
Bama the week before, Florida being asked to cover 18.5 at home against Tennessee, total 63. Yeah, I had a chance to go back and look at this, um, and I'm trying to find the spreadsheet where I built this. Um, and I'd probably be able to find it better if I came up with some really good stuff. Uh, and Alabama last year did show a profit and a pretty good one if you bet against those teams, but they did not in 2020 or 2019 okay. or 2018. But it was very amazing. There were some teams that you would never expect, and I don't know how those trends happen, but there were a couple of teams that after you played them 0-12 uh, the next week. And Mark Lawrence is going to check in our pal from PlaybookSports.com. He's in the on-deck circle. Kenny's coming back. We're glad you're with us. Hope you'll come back. It is our college edition of Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 204 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. I took all of his money. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Time to dive into college football with our buddy Mark Lawrence. And the information is great. Playbooksports.com. Let them know about all the goodies, Mark, right out of the gate. Well, everything we do, Brian, is available uh, online at playbooksports.com, our weekly playbook football newsletter. This week, 20 pages just jam-packed with all kinds of information on the college and NFL football cards. Also, beginning this week will be our midweek alert football newsletter. It comes out Thursday, and it's a statistical newsletter, which kind of keeps you in the loop statistically about how teams have performed inside the numbers. You can check it out all online at playbooksports.com, or if you're in Vegas, you can pick up copies with our friends over at the Gamblers Book Club. All right, we're diving into the football games this weekend, and we find some big boys, and we love the smaller conferences too, Mark, because the opportunities can be plentiful. But let me start with Notre Dame and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you know, we're staring at them as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The total is 46-and-a-half. Notre Dame had a Houdini act in the Florida State game and the Toledo game. What do you make of the Fighting Irish and this matchup in particular? You know, I don't like to second-guess the odds maker because he knows what he's doing and he does it better than anybody else does it. But I have to be honest with you, uh, that's the one game that I saw where the line appeared to me to be a little bit queer, a little bit off. And basically because this is on a neutral field, the game is not at Wisconsin. So their power rating in this sense, Wisconsin six points better than Notre Dame. And I don't know if I think that's a stretch personally. I know a lot of it's based on uh, Notre Dame shoddy play defensively this year, where the Badgers do hold the big edge in the cards. They got almost 190 yards of the better defense between these two football teams. But the game's being played in Chicago uh, at Soldier Field, and there's going to be a big Notre Dame following there. 
And also, you're putting the Irish in an underdog role against a Big Ten football team that's also taking a little bit of heat right now, Notre Dame is, for their slow start to begin this football season. I'm going to look for a big effort by Notre Dame in the game. I think Wisconsin's the football team that's overrated this year. I think uh, Notre Dame in an upset would not be a surprise to me. Hey, Mark, Clemson not getting out of the blocks very well. Uh, Tyler Davis, their defensive tackle, uh, had bicep surgery. He's out eight weeks. Offensively, I don't know what's going on here. Sweeney can't seem to to get it going. They had uh, Lynn Lynn J. Dixon transfer out, but I think he was their third running back. So I'm not sure what's up with the offense in Clemson, uh, Mark. Well, the offense in Clemson, what's up with that, Stevie, is uh, the two main cogs are at the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. And you you have to replace Trevor Lawrence, college football player of the year, and Travis Etienne, a dynamite running back, the best running back in the ACC, all in one fell swoop. That's going to be an overhaul for Clemson, and they're seeing just that this year. Uh, And they're also a targeted team. I mean, everybody wants Clemson a piece of them because they've done nothing but live in the college football playoff since its existence. And they're just not playing up to that level here right now. Now, it, it, Davos, when he's not gonna, he's not gonna end up caving to the pressure. He's gonna end up trying to bring this football team along the way because all he needs to do is make the playoff, and he'll be right where he wants to be. And you look at his schedule here, Stevie. It's very, very manageable, very, very winnable. Uh, they'll be double-digit favorites in every football they, game they play going on moving forward, even as poorly as they're playing. So, you know, yes, there's an apparitional blip here in the Clemson route, if you will, navigating this year, but I wouldn't panic. I still think we'll see the Clemson football team we've all come to admire here by the season's end. Mark, Florida takes Alabama to the mat. Now, you and I, we've been talking for a while I think teams play that game against Alabama. It's a physical game. I think they got a problem the following week. I think playing them could take something out of you. Then they play so hard, expend so much energy in that spot. Now they're hosting Tennessee, laying 19 points. Total in the game is 64. I'm not knocking Florida in any way, shape, or form. It just seems like an ugly spot for them to me. I think it's a real bad spot for Florida here, and uh, we called that out in our newsletter this week and uh, put into the well-oiled machine and looked at how teams do after playing Alabama, but more importantly, how they play after coming close against Alabama, winning the money but not winning the football game. And uh, they end up really, really, uh, really, really letting down the next football game. It's very difficult to come so close like horseshoes not get the ringer, and then have to get back up the next week after having been up for Alabama here. I think it's a real tough spot. Uh, those teams, by the way, uh, they're 17-27 and 27 to the spread doing just that. So that's a tough role for a team to have to get back up and lay points into a Tennessee football team that is at least statistically improved under Josh Heupel. Uh, his offense and defensive numbers are way up this football season here. So I think it's a good spot for Tennessee to slip in here and scare Florida on Saturday. He's got some quarterback issues. Keaton Slovis, he's got a neck injury. He was able to practice yesterday. Uh, Jackson Dart with the knee was not able to practice yesterday. So at this point, we don't know who's going to start for them. Does it make a difference to you in handicapping the game, whether it's Slovis or Dart for USC this week? I personally feel, Stevie, that you're going to find a, a rather undisciplined Southern Cal football team moving forward since Clay Helton was let go. It's like uh, you know the, the the hen is no longer in the hen house, and you know the chickens are going to run around and kind of do their thing. 
and I think we're going to see more of that with Southern Cal this football season here. This is a real nice Oregon State football team here to come in here. I think and take advantage of a situation like that. They don't get a lot of credit, does Oregon State. Uh, but Jonathan Smith has done a great job with this program. He's really turned it around. He's cashed 11 of his 15 line football games, 9-2 and two in the conference here. I think it's a real nice spot for Oregon State to take Southern Cal right down to the wire in this game. We got an interesting game, Mark. Texas A&M, Arkansas, neutral site. Texas A&M, 5.5, the total. It's great for the Razorbacks, back to relevancy, ranked team. And then next week, they've got Georgia on the road. I mean, it's great. That's the SEC by nature. Uh, but Arkansas kind of back in uncharted territory for it's been quite a while. I know a lot of people look at this game and they think, why is A&M only a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the football game. You know, a big name against a football program that just two years ago was a cellar dweller in the Southeast Conference, but they've really come around under Sam Pittman. He's done a real nice job with the program. He's gone 10-3 and three to the number since he's been there. They've won the yards in every football game they've played this year as Arkansas. They've won the stats 226 yards a game, so they're doing it the old-fashioned way, the Smith-Barney way. They're earning it. They're doing it the right way in the field. And what I like about this football game here is this, is that – this is going to be played at Jerry's World, which Jerry Jones is an Arkansas alum. I mean, he pours a ton of money into that program and supports them. So you know they'll want to put a show on for Jerry Jones at Jerry's World in this football game. The other side is Arkansas, and I ran this in my database. And I looked at Arkansas and what they've done in games against former big 12 football teams since they've left and gone to the Southeast Conference. And they played really, really well as Arkansas in these games. You go back to the year 2000, they're 11 and 6 straight up and 13 and 4 to the number. I think this is a big, big game for Arkansas in this football contest, and I think this also goes right down to the wire. All right, Mark, this was a U deal uh, that I played last week from one of the deals we had done with the conference previews, and that was taking the points with Utah State at Air Force. They were catching eight, I believe. They lost by three, right? You get a tight game. But your point was out-of-conference teams go up there and they struggle at altitude, but Mountain West teams are used to it. It worked last week. Now, and oh, by the way, it was a letdown spot. Air Force was coming off a game against Navy. Now Air Force laying four and a half hosting Florida Atlantic. Do we go back the other way and say the Flyboys are ready to roll against somebody going up there who doesn't like altitude? Well, the altitude is definitely going to be a card in their favor. There's no question about that. Uh, this is also a Florida Atlantic football team that has really vastly improved. And, uh, you know, I have to eat my words because we've been ripping on Willie Taggart, you know, since long since his days at Florida State and taking over at FAU, where his football teams have been, for all intents and purposes, lacking discipline. Florida Atlantic has really got their act together and turned things on here right now. It's a good spot, as you say, for the Owls in this football game, but I don't like the altitude, as you mentioned here. The altitude comes first and foremost to me, especially non-conference games where teams have not played in altitude like FAU hasn't. So I think it's going to be maybe a tough road to hoe here for FAU in this football contest. Hey, man, I want to give you full marks. You said, listen, Ohio State's going to be really good. I mean, the recruiting and coaching, the whole nine yards, it's Ohio State. But you kind of said during the summer months, this is not the dominant kind of Ohio State we've been accustomed to, and we have saw that against Minnesota, and then we saw it again against Oregon. 
Yeah, we have. It's you know the Buckeyes are just not firing on all cylinders here this football season, and you know maybe it was to be expected. Uh, you, you lose a, a quarterback like Justin Fields, uh, they get hit hard in the draft like they did. You know they obviously these good teams do just that each and every year. But, you know, they met with a lot of success last year. They went to the uh, college football playoff championship game, and uh, I would have kind of expected them to coast a little bit early on, and they've coasted. They've coasted to the point where they've been exposed, and they've been exposed defensively here. Their defense has really, really gone upside down, and people have to wonder what happened to it. They've got to get that act together, and I think that's what Ryan Day is going to begin to have to work on. Is not so much the offense. The offense will get its points. That's all part of the program and Ryan Day's playbook. But it's the defense is going to have to really shore things up, and there's no way in the world you'll find me laying Ohio State minus 40 points against a redheaded stepchild team with, from the Denison State of Ohio, a MAC team this week. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. The information's spectacular. We got more. Another segment. Mark's sticking around. We're talking college football with you. Plenty on the docket. A lot of tried and true angles. The big conferences, yes. Don't sleep on the small conferences because the opportunities are all across the wagering board. More college football chat coming up next on Vegas Sportsbook Radio Series 204 and the Sports Grid Radio Network. It takes real commitment to get the winning edge. She seemed upset. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Steve Slapshot, taking a deep dive on the college football menu coming up on Saturday with Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. Is your pen out of ink yet? Uh, no, I got I got a brand new pen because I knew Mark would be. All right, good. Now there's more to come. Let's bring Mark back into the fray. Hey, Mark, I'm curious. The well-oiled machine, Stevie alluded to with the magazine, and then the numbers they hang. But there are so many intangibles and things that go into play, and I'm just curious, like a team like Oklahoma, you know, laying 17 against West Virginia, they're coming off a, you know, kind of a win, an ugly win, whatever. Uh, They beat Nebraska. But when there's so much at stake in a big-picture thing and the polls matter, I know it's very early in the season. But at some point... Even when you're handicapping the game, the other thing you got to put on top of, like a cherry on top of the Sunday, are style points because they know those polls. We're seeing some teams go down off wins. It's early in the year. Uh, style points matter. You don't want to win ugly against a team like West Virginia. No, you don't, especially when Oklahoma's been winning ugly to this point thus far this football season. Uh, you know, they continue to keep playing this way. They could fritter their position away in the college poll rankings, and suddenly Cincinnati's ahead of them. Uh, and if they're ahead of them at the wrong time of the season, they could end up being obviously very, very costly. What jumped out to me in this football game here is the fact that uh, if you take a look, last week was the first time under Lincoln Riley 
that this football program failed to score 27 points since he's been at the with the program. Uh, in effect, you go back; it's been a long, long time. 55, or they had a 65 game streak where they scored 27 or more points, and that went by the wayside last week as well. You got to figure Lincoln Riley's going to end up cracking the whip here sooner than later. These kids have been rather lethargic at Oklahoma here. And just one little stat that jumped out at me, and I don't like handicapping like this, but it's neat stuff when I put it in the newsletter because after I've done the handicap, then I can go back and make statements like this, if you will. But if you look at uh, West Virginia and what they've done, when they lose a game, in a conference, as an underdog, they're a conference underdog, and they don't win the football game. They're just 13-43 and 43 to the number. So will West Virginia hang around this number here against a football team that uh, you know is just chomping at the bit to end up getting their act in place and gear here together? I think Oklahoma ends up running away from West Virginia on Saturday. And then, Mark, you know, you look at Nebraska, who played Oklahoma. Now they're going to Michigan State. Spartans are laying four and a half. The total's 51.5. So you got Nebraska coming off a game with Oklahoma. But the one thing that I'm a little curious about, Michigan State, over the years, we're accustomed to a team that'll punch you in the mouth, run stop the run, low-scoring games. It's kind of a different animal now with Michigan State. These guys score points. Yeah, they're suddenly getting noticed, Michigan State. Uh, you know, they're a team that were picked by a lot of people to arguably finish in last place in their division in the Big Ten this football season here over in the Big Ten East. But, you know, they caught Northwestern off guard the first football game, and they exposed Miami for what they are their last football game. And now they're dressing up 3-0 and to start the football season here. But they'd better bring their A game here because I think Nebraska is end up warming up themselves and I think this has got an ideal spotter situation written all over it here for Nebraska in the football game. Uh, I like what David, for, I mean Scott Frost, is doing here with this football program. Slowly but surely, he's he's weathering through all the hot seat commotion that's going on at Nebraska. And if he ends up winning this football game, he can turn the turn the uh, thermostat down a lot with a football win like this against Michigan State. Michigan State, at the beginning of the year, not that Nebraska was expected to be anything, but Michigan State, probably this game would have been more in the pick range than it is right now. They're favored because of their record. I think Nebraska can take advantage of that. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, Oregon coach Mario Cristobal says that uh, quarterback Anthony Brown's good to go Saturday versus Arizona. Oregon off to a really good start, Mark. I I had so many people tell me that they didn't think things were going to go that well for the Ducks this season. So uh, are, are you looking at them continuing off of this good start that they have, or are we looking maybe at a backslide coming? You know, I'm uh, I'm not a huge Mario Cristobal fan. I know he does a terrific job recruiting, and he ends up sne- becoming sneakily better than what was anticipated each year. We saw that last year with this football program here. They got another this great start, and they went in and they beat Ohio State. But I just don't like the way they're doing things on the field here. They're, they've got out yarded in two of their three football games they've played. And I just don't like laying points with football teams like that that uh, win games and put up bad numbers. It's like a horse that wins a race, but he runs against slow horses. Uh, and they put up at slow times in those against slow horses. What does it mean? It's a win, yes, but in, look inside the the numbers and how how the race was run. The same thing with Oregon here this football season here. Uh, I'm not going to be backing them anytime soon here. This is not a big time fade for me, but uh, I'm not going to hop in this Oregon bandwagon here until they can start getting the job done on the field in the stats. Mark, it's that time of year where, especially the smaller conferences. Uh, not everybody's in conference play yet, but it's about to happen. And let me just give you a goofy one, just to, you know, maybe get a running start at this stuff. 
Buffalo's laying 13 and a half against Old Dominion on the road. All right, new coaching staff. But I'm, I'm again, the horse racing deal, the company you keep. All right, they get beat by Nebraska, but they were in the game for a long time, but they comfortably get beat. Then they come home, and they take Coastal Carolina to the mat. Old Dominion's gotten drilled by Wake Forest in Liberty. So the, there's two ways to go. Buffalo's worn down from playing Nebraska and a ranked Coastal Carolina team, or all of a sudden this is such a breath of fresh air going against Old Dominion, they either smoke them or they're worn down and and, and it's a letdown, or conference plays coming, do you look at those games and it, it changes you and the well-oiled machine and your thought for what a team like that could be once they get into their own company when they get into conference play? I think a game like this means a whole lot more to Buffalo than it does Old Dominion, Brian. Like you mentioned, uh, this game could end up uh, really solidifying them as being a, a contender in the MAC conference this year. Old Dominion is a football team that uh, they won two games in three years, and those victories they came against Hampton and Norfolk Stake. They're not really equipped to go up against FBS teams, and I'm not saying that Buffalo is a juggernaut by any means, but I think Old Dominion is a long, long way from being a, being a competitive football team here. The game is, like I say, much, much more important to Buffalo. This is a game where I do not want any Old Dominion Monarch. But generally speaking, though, Mark, when a smaller conference team plays some big-name schools, ranked schools, do you find it, it builds them up to go into conference play, or it takes something out of them? I think it builds them up personally, especially if they can end up playing competitively with them and walk off the field. And, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, you have a victory even in loss because, you know, you you, you played as well and you went toe-to-toe with the big boys in, in situations like that. But from what we judge and we see as handicappers, when it happens, you know, we don't know did it really happen because they were keyed up for the football game and they were more talented than we, uh, we estimated or did that big boy play down to their level. Uh, and that's probably the case more times often than not when a Power 5 team plays down to the level of a, of a of a group of five football program and ends up going somewhere and doesn't getting the job done or there's a look ahead involved. So there's a lot to the handicap in the game, but I love these young or these Power uh, 5 teams when they're looking, laying big points to these group of five teams who are just hungry and looking for some notoriety. How about a game in the Pac-12? UCLA is at Stanford. Laying four and a half, totals 58 and a half. UCLA coming off... You know, one of the big stories of the week in college football where the kid from Fresno State turns into Johnny Unitas on him and they lose a heartbreaker. How do they react? It's real, real difficult here. And, uh, you know, we we exposed this in the newsletter this week. We have a, a little section there called a smart box. And what we do are they're just queries that we run in the well-oiled machine and we look for situational plays to occur. And what we're looking for uh, is is a game four team in game four that's coming off its first loss of the season. And what can we indicate? What are the indicators? What can we expect from football teams like this? Well, you'll find teams that are in that role, like UCLA will be in this particular role here, that they really play well when they're on the road in that particular football game. And uh, now you got UCLA coming here with the week of rest off that loss here. I know Stanford has really stepped up here and put some pretty good numbers, surprising results together here right now. But it's my belief that because they've done just that, this game comes cheap, if you will, in that sense. 
Stanford's home opener here, and they've been a long, long time since they played at home, not yet this year. I think UCLA gets their act back together here and shows everybody that they are indeed for real, this football team. All right. Louisville gets a really nice win against Central Florida. Now they're at Florida State, and that is just Florida State. The Seminoles are going, what has happened to our season? Louisville laying two on the road, total 62.5. Is this like a correlated deal here? that it's a letdown for Louisville and Florida State's a mad team or Florida State can't get out of their own way? Florida State hasn't been able to get out of their own way in a long time. And, you know, Mike Norvell is on the hottest of hottest of hot seats here right now. And, you know, I'd venture so far to say that if he doesn't win this game, you know, that contract termination we might be reading about over the weekend here. So it's a huge game for the Seminoles here. The question here is how hard do these kids play for him? Uh, I don't know, you know, if they're they're not quite all his kids there yet. He inherited uh, a lot of those players here from Willie Taggart when he took over the football program. Louisville's been the type of a team here in the past that has played a lot better on the field than the scoreboard indicates here. They've really out-yarded most of their opponents, but have found ways to lose football games. I think this becomes the toughest handicap on the card this particular weekend because, like Boris Gump, a box of chocolates, you don't know what you're going to get from Florida State. And whether it'll be good or bad news depends upon, uh, obviously, their M.O. and how they take to Mike Norvell. So I think it's a real, real tough situation. This one is loaded with intangibles. San Jose State is at Western Michigan. Western Michigan's laying two and a half, three points. Total on the game is 63, Mark. First of all, San Jose State is doing the deal where, you know, they were over to Hawaii. And you always got to take that into account the travel, and then you look at Western Michigan, these guys are coming off a 44-41 win at Pittsburgh. I mean, they had to be throwing confetti in the air all week long. You got a letdown spot, and then you got the crazy travel on the other side. And then the early 12 noon start uh, also which shouldn't help work against San Jose State in this football game. My goodness, they're going to play this at a 9 a.m. body clock start football game here. I know San Jose State's been a real uh, upstart football team, and Brian uh, Brent Brennan, I should say, has done a really good job now in his fifth year with his football program here. But the place that he has not done well is non-conference football games. He's lost 11 of his 16 games and only won that number four times doing just that. This is not a good spot for this program here. I think it's a much more a bigger football game for Western Michigan than it is San Jose State. And I'm going to stay at home with Western Michigan in the game. You know, generally speaking, when you get stuff like that where the travel could take something out of them or it's a letdown spot, generally, Mark, does the well-oiled machine point you in a direction that if they're going to stub their toe, it's like they're no good on defense, you know, that they're on the field too much and, and it's like a runaway freight train or, or teams when they don't execute. Does it favor one side of the ball or the other? Well, you hit the key word there is you know is the defense in situations like that, and uh, you know sometimes everybody will skirt past that particular situation, that instance, and just look at the teams for who they are. Now, the key here to Western Michigan is can they get their defensive act together? They're a 500-yard defense here, and will San Jose State be able to expose it with their 400-yard offense? So that works for San Jose State, but I just don't like the logistics in the football game. I know you can do it in 20 seconds. Tell them about the goodies. Goodies playbook newsletter available playbooksports.com the midweek alert comes out this week as well check it out online download a copy or visit our friends at the gamblers book club in vegas knew you could do it mark lawrence you're the best (laughs) playbooksports.com check it out back to vegas in a moment
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to wrap up Vegas Sportsbook Radio College Football Edition. Thanks to Mark Lawrence from PlaybookSports.com joining us. And we're glad to have Kenny White from Kenny White Sports swinging back with us. And Kenny will be on board our NFL show that airs numerous times over the weekend. And both of these shows are on the Sports Grid platforms. And we appreciate Kenny and Mark and the information these guys bring uh, is second to none. Hey, Kenny, one of your better plays over the weekend. I know that it's a passing game. And, you know, we watch this stuff week in, week out. Teams go up and down the field. Nobody has a short yardage package. But you got a game where you don't think points are going to be part of the equation at all. That's Colorado State at Iowa. Iowa's a big favorite, 23-and-a-half. The total's only 44-and-a-half, and you don't see that too often. Yeah, they're going to wear leather helmets in this one. It's a, it's a throwback game, Brian, and no shoulder pads or anything. So uh, Colorado State's defense, I think, is, is improved this year. Uh, but the story of the game is Iowa's defense. Uh, they're, they're top five, and this defense has been crushing everyone they played. They rank 21st in the country right now in yards per play allowed at 4.2. They're fifth in the country, allowing just 10 points per game. But it's their ultra-conservative offense that really makes me feel good about this game. They take 29 seconds in between plays. That's 109th out of 130 teams. They are very methodical. And they rank 119th in yards per play. They only average 4.5 yards a play. Their quarterback never takes shots downfield. It's a short dink and dunk. And uh, this is a game that's going to be a, a very fast game. The clock's going to run. And Iowa's going to shorten the game. And their defense is going to keep Colorado State out of the end zone. It's, it's tough, man. But when you're betting under, you love to see that ref doing the windmill. Yep. <laughs> Let's go. Keep that clock rolling. Keep and, that clock rolling. So, yeah, great game to play under. KennyWhiteSports.com, the newsletter, the website, a lot of cool things available to you there. Kenny made the opening numbers in Las Vegas for so many years, won prestigious contest, and he's on board with us here on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Great info, Kenny, as always. Enjoy the games. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed doing the show with you. Hey, it is Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Kenny will be back with us on our NFL edition later tonight and throughout the weekend on Sirius 204 and all along the Sports Grid Radio. 